another episode of the Last Ones In podcast, where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Jirai Archuleta, and with me today is E. Hello. And Robbie. Hey. And happy one year anniversary, guys. Hey. We did it. One whole year. 52 main episodes. If you don't, and like the other, the live episodes, I don't, those don't count, I think, though. <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, there's like a bunch of those. I guess the live cast is kind of its own different thing because we talk about literally whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's good times. Uh, every Saturday night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, Shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Um, the movie that we're going to be talking about today is a blind movie. Uh, none of us have seen it before. I watched a preview for it to see like, hey, is this going to be a thing that we could watch? Uh, it's in fact, it was shot on camera so we can watch it. <laughs> but it just sh- <laughs> was real dumb. <laughs> that was real dumb. However, it's just shooting a wall while everyone describes what's happening because it's a movie for the blind. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that movie where you just watch paint dry for three hours. Yeah. Yeah, good times. It is The Family Fang starring Nicole Kidman, Jason Bateman, and Christopher Walken. What? Um, I don't, did I... But did I say the name bad? No, I just like, weird cast. Yeah, what? I don't know. Which one is it? It's just that everybody knows that Christopher Walken is the rarest character for any family movie. <laughs> um, seems weird. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know if this is gonna be a good. I watch, like I said, I watched the trailer just to see if there was people in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to make sure we didn't watch Paint Dry for three yeah, hours. It wasn't, it wasn't the snuff film. And I was like, okay, uh, we need another dysfunctional family movie. Uh, so this seems fine. Hey, Googled dysfunctional family movies. This was on page three of Google. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but yeah, it was, there's like no Blu-ray copies out there. And That's even, always a good sign. It didn't even make Blu-ray. Yeah, all the DVD copies are like stupid expensive still. So hmm. I don't know what the fuck this movie is. Where did, wait, did, did this movie just like appear in your house then? No, like, we bought it. I oh. bought it for the stupid amount of money. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Because I wanted to have it to watch Can't it. Can't stream it anywhere. I didn't really look into it that much. But we need that. For the- <laughs> That's one of the segments of the podcast. What do you mean you didn't look into it? I don't know. There's phones or something. <laughs> you can stream it if you find a copy. <laughs> you can stream it as long as you find a copy of the DVD. Yeah. Uh, but before we really get into talking about all that stuff, uh, I got to ask you. What? What's up? How's life going? Uh, it's going. Um... Classes are at the midway point, which is terrifying, quite frankly. Midway point of your last semester. Incorrect. La- next, la- almost last. <laughs> That's more correct, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that made make no sense, would it? Wow. I mean, quite frankly, call it, the four-year college is bunk anyways, so yeah. like, I know people who are graduating in the winter semester. Oh, nice. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but... um. Uh, I started, I bought uh, No Straight Roads, which I think I talked about last week or the week before of games I actually wanted to buy, which right. is a rarity usually. <laughs> um, it's pretty cool, um, but it's definitely style over function for some of it. The gameplay is pretty meh, but, you know, if it lives off the charm of the game. What's the genre? What genre is like Bayonetta? Action, like character action. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> I would say over-the-top action, but yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Um, I'll probably have a more, like, va- not valid, uh, concrete idea of my opinions on it. Okay. Later, depending when I finish. Um, And then the guy who makes Animator vs. Animation released a new segment of the fourth episode, and it's insane how far he's gone with that series. 
I don't think I've even heard of it. It's like an old Flash series where it's like a mouse versus like a little stick man. Okay, maybe I remember that. I feel like you had to because it was one of the biggest ones and it was like early Newgrounds, Alpano, Black Sheep type. Okay, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Yeah, this was back during the day whenever, uh, I want to say before YouTube was like the giant that it is today. So it was before YouTube. Yeah, I was going to say, so like (laughs) whenever you used to watch little cartoons like Stick Page or Albano Black Sheep or stupid videos, like it was during that era of time. Yeah, I almost certainly saw it then. Yeah, Yeah, so like, but it's so insane because like it starts with like a really simple stick man on a desktop and like there's like anime fight scenes in this version. Okay, okay. I remember this stuff now. Yeah. Okay. Like I might show you just like a still of it and it's insane how good he's gotten. Okay. (laughs) Um. Other than that, just it's been midterms, so I've been taking midterms, and those suck. It's super fun. Yeah. Everybody loves them. Everyone's uh, I, a favorite time of the year for school. I think yesterday I actually spent like four hours taking midterms. Ugh. That yeah. just sounds like hell. It was mostly long because they were open books, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to know the answers. <laughs> oh. Although, I'm bad at tests. With it being open book, on one of them I still only scored like a 7 to 80. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just blame the index. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I will say, I think the answers were randomized because sometimes it'd be like answers A and B, and it would be answer B. Huh? So, like, it's on the computer, so, like, you can randomize. I think she selected randomized answers. Oh. <laughs> so I, I emailed her about that. I don't know if I got those questions wrong because it doesn't have the grades yet. But... Right. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So huh. Okay. Yeah, that's my life, uh, college life. <laughs> I don't know why that reminds me of this old meme that I saw of uh, they had a um, like a yes and no kind of quiz mm-hmm. for their students, but they gave them like those old school uh, fill in the bubble. So it had five <laughs> different choices. Right. And somebody wrote C all the way down on it. Yeah, huh. Those old ass Scantron sheets. That yeah. Suck. I remember those. Those did really suck. <laughs> <laughs> Only can use a number. Yeah. Number two graphite pencil. And I remember like. When I took them was, like, the period where people started moving to mechanical pencils because those are way better in every way. Yeah. And they were like, no, you can't use that. You have to use no, the number it, two. It literally wording. won't work. No, it did. People did it. Oh, wait, yeah, what? They make number two. It's, it's just lead. Like, it's... Right, that makes sense. Yeah, so <laughs> all yeah. the teachers got our asses, and it didn't matter. Cool. <laughs> yeah, because uh, most uh, mechanical pencils use number two graphite. Well, well what if, though, you had, like an mp3 player inside of your mechanical pencil (laughs) that's always the thing (laughs) i it's funny like because like every professor every teacher is different with everything and so we'd be like no you can't listen to music because you might have a recording of the book (laughs) (laughs) it's like i just want to fucking listen to limp biscuit because i'm in elementary school (laughs) filling out your bubble sheets keep rolling 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 (laughs) Oh, God. I think that would motivate me a lot, actually. Yeah. Just like, ah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Robbie, what's going on in your life? You look especially tired today. Yeah, more or less. Um, I fell asleep there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, still a lot of work. Been getting moved around a lot at work, though, because of the sole factor that, you know, the hypothetical happened last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I looked up some of the hypothetical. Yeah, that hypothetically sure is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that also being said, I think we might still have the contract because, like, apparently there's actually just, like, a, a metric fuck ton of parts that a bunch of people actually screwed up on. 
I mean, contracts like, are pretty fucked anyways. How yeah. like yeah, but no, like it's uh literally like I guess there was something like seven thousand parts that had to be redone, and part of it was because these are aluminum parts that people are like smashing with a hammer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess for a little bit of context, like a dead blow hammer is a hammer that actually has like sand in the middle of it, so that yeah, way yeah, we have those at work. Yeah. I don't think I'm supposed to have it though. Maybe not. <laughs> it's literally just a rubber mallet that has sand in the middle of it, so that way whenever you smack something down on it, the sand it makes keeps a nice it from sound. Bouncing. Well, no, it makes it. That's a Morocco hammer. <laughs> yeah, you make music while you work. Try what are you doing with those eggs? <laughs> but no, like yeah, the sand just keeps it from bouncing on you, so that way it doesn't like you know. That way, whenever like you um, smack a part that's in the vice. It doesn't like bounce back up or from hitting the bottom of the vice. It just kind of like helps seed it down better. People are just smacking the ever living fuck out of these parts, and uh, I guess denting them and like the part wherever like it's the thinnest because you know aluminum is they like oh aluminum is metal. Rubber's not gonna hurt it no matter how hard I hit it. And, like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> great, yeah, great. But uh, the fact that they haven't called me over there really like well they called me over there once and it was because me and some other guy like worked on or worked on a set because you know like i started it and then he finished it kind of thing mm-hmm. and some of them needed to be deburred better but other than that like i haven't been called over there because they have kind of like you screwed it up you fix it kind of mentality so sure it's mostly like two or three people that have worked on like these seven thousand parts that they're calling over there like yeah you're gonna have to go ahead and go through all these parts now yet they're yeah. still there yeah they, yeah they still work there <laughs> yeah so. well i mean we're also going to go through the parts. <laughs> <laughs> they come back. Okay, I don't know how you did this, but these are all now in circles. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I guess that's one reason why they like me there is because I uh, don't fuck I, up. Everything. Yeah, I, I screw up rather rarely there, and I don't complain very often. There you go. Because, like, I guess that's one reason why, like, uh, instead of just having like a group of people fix all fix all of them, they just have the people who screwed them up fix them. Because I guess there's a bunch of people who just complain all the time if like they ask them to do some anything. Yeah, there you go. So just working you to the marrow, then. More or less. Cool. cool. I think they have the right idea, though, because if everything goes bad, they still have a job fixing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess that also happens whenever you're in the middle of a pandemic and you need workers. But. Right. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> On the way over here, though, I found out that there's, uh, I guess, a little bit of a shout-out for a company around the area. Is apparently, there's this place called, tu- or it's called either Tuscany or Tuscania. Uh, booze delivery. So it's like okay. the Postmates of booze. Okay. It's like, you know, you're just sitting at home and then every morning you're like, the booze man is here and he like <laughs> delivers the booze. <laughs> the booze man can. Yeah. I love that. It's like the ice cream truck but it plays, um, what's a good drinking song? <laughs> Shots. <laughs> <laughs> just, a guy like, in his four, just a guy in his 40s watching Jeopardy and all of a sudden just hears, shot, 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 shot. No, it's still on those <laughs> shitty ass speakers though. So it's like Honey, give me a dollar, give me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um because I live in the finest of neighborhoods, the trailer park that's right next to my par- my apartment complex had that van coming out of it. <laughs> I mean when you know your market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's something that I learned exists today. Cool. Also, uh, this morning when I went to go put gas in my car, uh, because I'm a weird, nerdy person, I saw someone just like threw a desktop onto the side of the road. So now I just have a broken desktop in my trunk. 
Oh, yeah, that that's where that's going. Okay, I was like trying to figure out where this was. Like, are you nerdy because you could identify a desktop? No, you just took it. <laughs> no, I, I picked it up off the side of the road. And I'm gonna like disassemble it. I mean, after yeah, the I'm podcast. gonna say there, there might be some good uh, uh, from, pieces in yeah, there. From what I saw in there, there's like there's like an old school capture card in there that uses like the old Ooh. auxiliary cables. So if that works, that makes it worth picking up alone. Yeah, yeah. But you just like, look in. There's like a TI twenty eighty in there. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that was the past couple of days for me because in your life. <laughs> but uh, how is the esteemed the family host? <laughs> Gonna just find worse and worse ways to shoehorn it in. <laughs> the host with the fangiest. Um, doing good, doing good. I have really just been playing a ton of games and watching a bunch of garbage. All the shows are back right now that like weren't for a while. It's like the British Bacon show's back. Supernatural's on its like last five episodes or something. It's last leg. Yeah, actually, <laughs> like it's their last five episodes. It was supposed to be done like early summer, and they just postponed it because they didn't film the last episode and a half or something. So I've been watching that. Fargo season four is still fucking spectacular. I, I'm gonna be pissed if Chris Rock doesn't get an award. Honestly, he is really good. Well, that means he won't. Yeah. So it's just been it's just been a lot of that kind of thing. Uh, again, I'm just gonna put this out there. We are recording this earlier than when this episode is coming out by about a month. Yeah, right. it's um, about a week before Halloween. Yeah, so I'm just getting way up into the spookies, uh, playing Vampire. Nice. I never really dedicated time to that. I feel like you guys have only ever complained about that game. No, no, that's Vampire. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's my different. bad. Silly me. Yeah, how could you get those confused? I know, I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vampire is really fun, though, and it makes me feel really guilty about eating innocent people. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> so, the, it's the whole game mechanic. Is that, like, the, is that what's in your freezer right now? Yeah. (laughs) It's just the game starts off with like, hey, don't eat people. Like, fuck, what have I been doing wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Carl, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like the whole thing is like you get these little small towns or like hospitals or whatever, and you get these people better. And then eventually you you eat them? Yeah, you're a vampire. You have to suck their blood until they die. You have to get all their blood. And you like have to make the choice you as the player to either you let everybody live and like the health of the town is great and things are kind of less chaotic a little bit or you can get huge xp boosts by sucking their blood but there are consequences to every person because like another person doesn't just fill their shoes like if you suck a shopkeeper's blood there's just not a shopkeeper there anymore that small of a town yeah actually it's a pretty small map comparatively there's like four small towns connected it's pseudo open world but not really (laughs) you have to walk four hours to get to the next town Uh, you have to fight for four hours for sure and so I like there was this one dude who had like a broken arm and his wife died in the war, like just from a random bombing. And his two kids were left home alone. He's like, I'm getting better. All I need is a blood transfusion. I'm like, cool, cool. But like you're healthy otherwise. Like, yeah. Like, all right. Uh, can you come with me down this dark alley? And I sucked his blood. And then like the characters, the doctors who were taking care of him were like, he just disappeared and he's gone now. Uh, somebody clearly murdered him because he was doing fine. So um, your mistake is you did it too late. You should have done that way earlier. Maybe, but like they're like, <laughs> I can't believe like I we have to get to the bottom of where he went because I can't just continue to tell these two children that are orphans now that I don't know where their dad is. And like you hear his like thoughts going through your head and you have like a diary thing about how terrible your character feels. <laughs> 
Sorry, this is just kind of hilarious it's, to me. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, um, Spec Ops The Line, where like it forces you to do bad things, and then it tells you you're a bad person for doing it. Yeah, it's great. I feel, <laughs> so I feel like your next step should just be to eat the children then next, They're right? not in the town. They're not oh. in the town. But you can just legitimately eat everybody, but the downside of that is that like these feral <laughs> vampires will take over everything, and it'll be really hard to do anything. Oh. Yeah, so you have to, make the, you have to balance the line of healthy civilization <laughs> And all the experience points. It's like Sim City, but you're a terrible. Actually, no, you're a terrible person. Yeah, so it's just like Sim City. Yeah, it's like Sim City. But yeah, that's all that's really been happening in my life. Uh, We're pretty soon, a couple weeks, we're going to start recording all of our end of the year stuff, which I keep hyping up because I'm really excited about it. Yep. Just him. Just me. Uh, it's it's gonna be really really fun, and I have no idea how it's gonna turn out. <laughs> That's half of the fun. That's just this podcast in a nutshell. Yeah, actually. Yeah. But let's get on to the movie. Okay. The Family Fang. Okay. Starring Jason Bateman, Nicole yep. Kidman, Christopher Walken. Written and directed by Jason Bateman. Also. Oh. Yeah, I think it's written by him. It's directed by him at least. It might be written by him. I'll once we come back, I'll verify that. <laughs> okay. It is rated R for some language. Fucking hell. And it has a runtime of 106 minutes. That's not. That's actually really it's fairly short. normal film. That's like yeah. a movie I would show you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll be watching on DVD because again, I just couldn't find a Blu-ray copy yeah. at all. So if you have a Blu-ray copy, please email us at the last <laughs> podcast that you take it off your hands. Just, just to brag. Yeah, yeah. Um, before I read the back of the box, yeah. Uh, e. Hi. What do you think the Family Fang is going to be about? Well. I'm like 90% sure there's a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Call it a hunch. I'm going to guess Christopher Walken's the vampire because he looks the oldest. Okay. And he's like, I'm Christopher Walken. I'm the great uncle of Dracula. (laughs) Say otherwise, I'll stab you in the face of the soldering iron. I I don't think I actually know what Christopher Walken sounds like. That's fine. (laughs) We've seen movies on this podcast with him in it. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, I've sh- I've actually shown you movies with him in it, actually. Yeah. But uh, he has a granddaughter, potentially daughter, I don't know, and she dates a human. What? Well, actually, I think I'm just describing the Transylvania. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm just describing Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> um, Hotel Transylvania, but instead of fun, wacky, Gendy, Tartakovsky hijinks, it's just lame family drama hijinks. That's okay. my guess. Okay. Uh, Robbie. Yes. What do you think the family fang is going to be about? So it's about a family of werewolves, since he <laughs> stole my original idea. <laughs> what do you mean I stole it? We're guessing what the movie's about. <laughs> well, if you think it's about vampires, I can't think it's about vampires. <laughs> so of course. That's just lame. <laughs> so instead, it's about werewolves. <laughs> okay. And, uh, Jason Bateman is the only one who's not an actual lupine out of all of the werewolf family and so he's the odd one out trying to fit in with the family of vamp or the vampires the family of werewolves <laughs> you're like trying to rewrite it in your brain <laughs> thinking this all up on the spot <laughs> um but then eventually christopher walken comes back from the vietnam war and <laughs> starts playing Russian roulette with other werewolves was that christopher walken yeah yeah okay <laughs> And then eventually his friend, uh, Robert De Niro, has to come and try to save him, who Robert De Niro happens to be a vampire. Cool. I wish, from what I could tell, that this movie was about those things, because I would really love, like, a weird vampire story or werewolf story. <laughs> yeah, like, 
I, I think there is something that's, I don't think it's vampires, but, like, how, like, these immortal beings face, like, the world's traumas, so, like, the world wars and stuff. Yeah. I think, I would like more movies about that, because I think that's a really interesting, like... That would be cool. Yeah. 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 Kind of like a vampire or a werewolf that fights in World War Two or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Like, how do you deal with PTSD forever? <laughs> <laughs> Just forget, I guess, eventually. Yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, I guess I'll read the back of the box here. You don't want to make a guess? No, I watched the trailer. Oh. Yeah, I, I think I pretty much understand what this movie's about. Okay. Maybe? Nicole Kidman and Jason Bateman are Annie and Baxter Fang, children of celebrated performance artists Caleb and Camille Fang, played by Christopher Walken and Mary Ann Plunkett. When the elder Fangs go missing under mysterious circumstances, the siblings are forced to unpack long-dormant and unresolved issues from their unorthodox childhoods as they search for their parents. Caustically funny and deeply felt, Bateman's critically acclaimed sophomore feature directorial effort is based on Kevin Wilson's best-selling novel. So it's not written by him. Not written by him. I guess maybe this movie specifically. Well, goddammit. Yeah. Directed by him, though. Yeah. And starring him. Gonna say that did not sell me on this movie. Uh, It doesn't seem like an (laughs) E-movie, I'm gonna say right away. It's Uh just vampire sex, the whole movie. What? <laughs> what did you think I just read? <laughs> That's the only thing that can make it not an e-movie. Oh. <laughs> actually, I guess it didn't actually even say vampire in there. No, there's maybe. nothing about vampires in there at all. <laughs> I'm still thinking. That, that was just mine, mine in your head canon. <laughs> We're just going to come back and he's going to be like, for a vampire movie, there's no vampires in it. <laughs> I was expecting to be more like Underworld and I was very disappointed. <laughs> uh, but Robbie, I think you have your phone open there. I do. Uh, can people watch this anywhere? They can, actually. Um, so it's not quite as cut and dry as the usual suspects, because there's a couple unusual suspects that we never mention on here. Right. Um, you pray to the gods on a stormy <laughs> winter night. <laughs> they may give you a DVD copy. <laughs> um, this is going to make you feel nice uh, and fuzzy. Uh, it's free to stream on to buy or to be to be okay <laughs> uh also if you have a amazon prime subscription you should be able to watch it there cool. but that's an iffy like because there's a couple other websites that i was go- are bouncing back and forth to saying you have to buy it on amazon mm. for i think 7.99 also you can buy it on youtube and google play or voodoo for 7.99 but whoa <laughs> <laughs> don't interrupt me <laughs> <laughs> uh also apple's uh streaming servers you can get it on there for 9.99 oh the apple tv yeah or whatever and then also redbox on demand you can rent it there oh, okay um uh, so... i'm surprised it's not on stars because on the back of the box it shows that it shows that it's a stars production they didn't even want it yeah they're like ah <laughs> we don't need this guys it's okay <laughs> <laughs> let me google that really quick <laughs> Stars if you have a Tubi subscription. (laughs) But you pay stars. Yeah, but you still need a subscription is free. You need a Hulu subscription. (laughs) I mean, it might be because it just, yeah, just saying that stars acquires the rights to Jason Bateman's The Family Fang. Okay. So maybe on their streaming service, but Google wasn't popping anything up on that, so. Not like anyone actually owns that anyways. Nobody watches stars. Who gives a fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Stars, where movies go to die. Hey, yeah. I should work on that tagline. Stars, Hasht- it's included in your package. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. That would be the best sponsorship if we just shit all over it every week. Yeah. We're just like, who even fucking has this thing? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess let's go watch it. I guess. Okay. I guess. See, 
if it's any good or not. Yeah, and we'll come back with uh, some thoughts that are not spoilery. So we'll be right back. And we are back from watching The Family Fang. Um, none of us have seen it. Um, it was a movie. It well, I okay. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what. What's up? I don't know. We'll get to me. Let's start with Robbie. <laughs> what do you think of this movie? No spoilers. So no spoilers. I I have mixed feelings about the movie. Uh, there was good parts. There was a couple parts that just seemed to drag on. There was some rather pretentious parts. But when it comes to like a family drama kind of like this, it kind of has a tendency to be pretentious, especially whenever dealing with A-list actors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, without getting into spoiler territory, it just mixed feelings with this movie. I would say, since you can stream it for free on Tubi, like it'd be worth a watch, at least if you're just going to watch it on there or something. I don't know, like, uh, it's a hard recommendation. Like, it's not bad, but it's not great. No Tony to Tiger. Like, um, I guess it's not spoiling too much, but guys, going into, like, a little bit of a spoiler territory, the movie's a conversation piece, but we can get more into that whenever we talk spoiler-wise. Whether it's the bishop or if it's the knight, we have to wait to see. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's the knight to Brook 4. Because you said peace, okay, yeah. <laughs> Guess that's technically a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the bar I go for. Is it technically a joke? <laughs> All right. Uh, so you'd say a stream? I'd say, yeah, a stream. Especially okay. considering it's possible to stream it for free. Okay. As long as you don't mind ads, but, you know. All right. Uh, e. Hi. Uh, what about you? What'd you think? Um, there's interesting parts to this movie, for sure, I would say. It, I guess, again, like, I was thinking it was going to be more generic, but being rated R, I probably should have known something would be a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know, like, I don't know who the audience is for this movie, because, like, the audience I would imagine who would see this movie, I feel like it almost kind of makes fun of. I don't know if that's getting a little too spoilery. Um, There are, yeah. like, aspects that I think are just dumb. and. I try to. That's uh, more like that's kind of spoilery, but <laughs> oh, not like what I just said. What I was thinking, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really know if it's worth like a stream or anything. I don't know if I'd give Even it. If a, it's a free stream, I don't. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know if I'd straight up give it a pass. But again, I don't know who it's like. The audience is so, like borderline stream. I suppose maybe. Huh. Okay. Huh. Um. <laughs> hey, Jariah, I'm, what is your opinions? <laughs> I'm on a different fence than you guys. Yeah, I, I, what is your opinion on this movie that you earlier said you overpaid for? Uh, well, I hadn't seen it before, so actually, it's DVD, so I still mark the word that I overpaid. <laughs> you shouldn't ever pay $18 for, like, a five-year-old movie that's on DVD. It's too much money. This movie's only five years old? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun. Um, the thing that I didn't... So you're the audience. Uh, maybe. <gasps> <laughs> they needed the a million Jariahs in the theater. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to have to look up how, what this made, if it made anything at all. Like, I feel like I remember seeing previews for it way back in the day. I don't, but, like, but also I don't know if I remember anything from that year. So whenever <laughs> I was looking up where you could actually watch this movie, I did uh, see a little bit about the box office. I don't know if it brought back money or not. 
but we can get into that discussion later. Yeah, yeah, we'll look it up. Um, yeah, like I feel like it was just like it's like an unknown thing. It's like a Jason Bateman directed thing that just didn't was never talked about. Yeah. Like, at least in, in circles that I go in and talk to people with, like it's just not something that's ever brought up. Which is weird, because like, I honestly, I really do love Jason Bateman, and I think he's been really, really great with directing, and Ozark has been really amazing. If nobody's been watching that, you need to jump on that shit. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I don't know. I actually, I really love this movie. Um, and coming, there, it does have like that vibe of like, kind of just that little unknown movie that I guess only like certain circles of people would talk about. Like, I guess, yeah. But like, it like, is a really dark, dark comedy. Uh, like all all the humor that comes from it is just from the indifference of the of Jason Bateman's character, basically being like, "Yeah, okay, do your thing, sister." Um, but I think maybe the reason why I uh like this so much is because I kind of connect with the story ultimately, and how the children uh view the parent, which we'll get into all of that. Um, I think I just kind of connected with that, maybe. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Oh, we'll 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 get into what maybe that means or maybe it means nothing. I'm just weird. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I think it was actually worth buying. I wish I had it on at least on Blu-ray or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I actually do have it. This is kind of like a fun little weird collection thing that I can be like, hey, this is a weird movie you've never heard of. Let's watch it. Uh, and if you're like, no, thank you. Okay. Well, like, okay. I guess that I guess is I'll get one, out of your house. That is one of the recommendations of this movie would be, I guess, it's just like, what's a weird little movie that no one has ever seen before? Like, how about this one? Yeah. This does kind of fall under that category. I, I would say, like, I've never heard of this movie before either, but this movie came out around the time that, like... You were I in just, prison? No. Uh, I was still... I was in Utah, so I guess that is a former prison. Um, <laughs> Mormon prison. Yeah, yeah Mormon prison. <laughs> uh, but it was around that time, like, I wasn't... I was going through a rough time in 2015, so I wasn't exactly going out and watching movies. I was just working and then coming home and watching YouTube. Fair. Um, yeah, I guess so we can talk a little bit more details about this movie. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to get into some spoilers. And we are back. Robbie, give us the rundown of what happens in this movie. So the quick 60-second synopsis that... We'll take anywhere between 30 seconds to five minutes. Um, <laughs> time well, E looks at his imaginary watch. What is time me. anyway? <laughs> time is just a construct. Um, so the movie starts off with the family and a man, or the father, kind of just like, almost saying like an existential crisis to his kids. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. About how, like, imagine yourself dying, and if you can imagine yourself dying and still live through it, then you can live through anything. And then... Kind of cuts to this little boy who gives a note to this bank teller saying, give me all your lollipops. And she just laughs like, oh, how cute are you? And then gives him a lollipop. And then he pulls a gun on her and says, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> and then the dad, uh, dressed up as a security guard, starts like yelling, gone, and starts running towards the kid. And the kid like shoots a shot at the uh, security officer, who is the dad. And then he like moves out of the way because he can dodge bullets. Right, yeah. And then ends up hitting a woman behind her while her daughter is, like, crying over her mother that's bled all over the floor. And, like, everyone's looking in shock at everything that's happening. And, like, they're saying their goodbyes to their mother. And the mother can't take it seriously anymore and starts laughing. And you find out that this is all just a giant prank. And everyone's looking around, like, going, what the fuck just happened? No, no. It's not a prank. It's a reformist art piece. Yes. Yes. <laughs> As every YouTuber who has ever done a bad prank will tell you. It's not a prank, bro. 
<laughs> no, they tell you it's just a prank. <laughs> oh, right. No, no, no. no. That's, <laughs> <laughs> got, that's the exact they say it's, Calm down, it's just a prank. That's what they say yeah. to get caught. Yeah, so I got... Other than that, it's performance art. <laughs> and it's like, like, you know, the classic thing, it's not a prank. I really killed your daughter. Not a prank, bro. <laughs> it's not just a prank, bro. It's okay. performance art. Uh, but you end up finding out that, uh, you know, it cuts to... Um, the daughter watching old home movies of them doing these things and then you see a board of her parents had gone missing and then cuts back to a month before then shows the daughter's acting career and shows that the son grew up to be kind of a struggling author yeah and uh during this time uh the son gets hurt uh while doing or while doing an article about potato guns and so the parents come down to visit say or you know say hi to their children say they want to do another show with them and the Kids tell them no, like they're not into it anymore. And you kind of see that the performance art slash pranks that the parents do are kind of not what they used to be on people anymore. And during this time, they say, like, you know, since it didn't work out the way they wanted it to, that they're going to go some are to another family's house, a vacation place of theirs for a couple of days. And during this time, uh, they end up getting a call from the cops saying that they found their car abandoned. On a stretch of road that has had a couple murders done are uh, done on it lately, and that they found blood inside of the car, and so like they're expecting the worst when it comes to their parents. And the son is fully prepared to think that the parents were actually murdered and are dead, and he has to try to grieve their loss now. And the daughter's just not having it. She thinks that this is just another prank done by their parents, and she's investigating it, thinking that you know they're hiding something from them, that this is another performance art of theirs. And it kind of goes back and forth between the brother and the sister on what's actually going on with their parents. And then in a weird way, learning more about their parents even years later, while you find out about some of the more performance art that they did as kids and how it shaped their childhood and into their adulthood. And as they're trying to kind of move on with their lives after all of this has happened, they end up, you know, uh, they're still finding out more about their parents till they find out that. All this actually was yet another performance art of theirs, and it was supposed to be their big finale in a weird way, and end up finding out that they had double lives that uh, they've been working on for the past couple of years and hiding from everybody just to do this one last hurrah, and kind of the children trying to find a way to deal with this, and like I said, this movie is a weird conversation piece in my opinion about family dynamics but also dealing about like what's art and what's not art and kind of the weird line between it between life and art yeah like one thing that keeps happening in the movie is it will cut back to these fake interviews about a documentary that's being done on their parents and like you get one of my favorite ones was you get these two people talking one of them support that it's art and one of them doesn't and he like talks about like the pranks that they did and he like brings up how it's like art and he's like that's not art it's just fucking with people basically yeah and like the guy who keeps like trying to defend it is art just gets really angry because the other guy just keeps attacking him saying how much it's not art <laughs> and, and like then you made the comment about like this is the rashomon episode <laughs> yeah because basically it was more or less the same discussion that me and you had in the rashomon yeah episode. it kind of was <laughs> well he just sits there he's just the cameraman in this situation i yeah. guess <laughs> Man, if you don't know that episode, don't look it up. I hate that episode. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, worst episode. No. No. <laughs> it's no. not. Our, if anything, our first episode is our worst episode. Come on now. I will say, 
um, as like flip floppy as I know this movie. I actually really like this aspect of the movie, like the characterization of what is art, who decides art. I love that, and it's probably because I'm an artist, but like <laughs> it's really interesting. It reminds me a lot of like the conversations around uh, Banksy, Bank Banksy, Banksy, Banksy? Yeah, the YouTuber. No, the the like famous artist. I maybe think of someone else. Banksy. I think you are. It's just Banksy. Banksy. Yeah. Yeah. And like I love it because it does remind me a lot of that. Like I remember the last big one I remember is when he sold a painting that shredded itself as soon as someone bought it. Yeah, which is like, <laughs> so which is great, up. and I love it because like it really is the question of like what is art because everyone like hates that shit, and I love it. Like it's because I know like the joke, like the question of is it prank? At what point is it just prank and fucking with people? But like yeah. I love performance art because it really does have this idea of like really pushing the boundary of what is art. And this movie takes it to the extreme where it shows us a flashback of a point where uh, the dad <laughs> just straight up shoots his professor in the arm with a crossbow yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. for the sake of art. <laughs> and the professor who won't tell the police who shot him because he knows that it's art. Yeah, like he loved it. And <laughs> so it's that question of like, how far is it? How, is this just assault at this point? <laughs> Which, yeah. yeah, and like you get to draw your own conclusion, and the movie doesn't like really take a side. I think it just really shows it. Because, like, I think it really does it the best in that first scene where you see the guy who believes it's art and the guy who thinks it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, it never, it doesn't paint either of them as like outrageous. Like, they're both just in their way of like, yes, this is art. No, it is not. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I do really like the aspect of the movie. I think it loses that a bit towards the end, which I dislike a bit. Like, when it starts becoming, or, or in spoil, where it's, like, more like a murder mystery than a... It's kind of a murder mystery, but it's more of, like, a, the kids having to deal with whether or not they could actually yeah, like, lose their parents. Right, right. Like, or, like, coming to terms with, like, basically the abuses that they face. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like that aspect. I think it's kind of interesting. It also has this issue where it's like, are some of the dumb things the movie does for the sake of that theme? Like, I, I've got to outright say, I don't like the fact that it was just the parents orchestrated this whole thing. I get that's where the movie was going. I just think it's kind of a weak ending. kind. Of, well, that's not the ending ending, but like a weak point it makes. And it does add stuff by uh, showing you a lot into the father figure, which the movie does need to do a bit, I think. But yeah. I think it's kind of weak, and it's, like, a question of, like, is that the point of it? Is it kind of, like, has that? It's it's a weird thing, and when you have movies where, like, it's ask a question such as what is art and stuff, it's hard to know, is the movie doing it purposeful, or is it using that as a crutch, in a sense? I'm not saying this movie does that all the time, but... I mean, for me, at least, I I think that that kind of was always the point of the movie, is... Like, the art thing is, like, kind of, like, a neat, not a side piece. It's uh, point B, if you will. And then to me, like the whole familial bond and uh, whether or not the children can move on from what their parents did to them, that's point A. You know, they're not a favorite, but one and two, basically. <laughs> yeah, because the parents even call their children uh, their child Anna, child A, and Baxter, child B, and just child A and child B throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't, well... We I say they it really is mostly this the father yeah and the movie yeah. makes a point of this he's incredibly heartless like he even in the movie it says that like he wasn't even sure he wanted a kid until he was able to pull one of his uh pieces art pieces pe- yeah. art pieces with him and he's like <laughs> and that's when I realized having a kid wouldn't be so bad 
Yeah, and, and mom's the- like, "You don't mean that?" No, no, I do. It, it's true. Right. <laughs> so yeah, and again, like the movie keeps doing this. Like for their final piece, the father has a second family, and has other children. Yeah, yeah. and he even like put out a CD of those kids singing with a song that his other daughter wrote. Yeah, and it's like it's fucked up, and the movie notes that. And it really shows, again, something I think the movie does that's really cool. It really shows, like, the terrible emotional abuse the mother has to go through. Yeah, yeah. they, they it, do it, hint at that because it shows that she uh, has all these paintings and stuff like that. And she says that her father or their father would look down on her if, uh, if he ever found out that she was painting because he doesn't view paint as real art. Because if it's not something that's, like, fluid in motion or, like, shocking people, then it's not art. And so she has to, like, hide this thing that she loves doing and how she like loves portraying herself out and putting herself out there just because like the husband wouldn't accept or approve of what she's doing and how she expresses herself. And like he even, he does that with the daughter too. Cause she's a big famous actress in it. And he yeah. like calls all of her movies trash except for she on set. There are all of these pictures of her topless leak at one point. And so he's like, yeah, I really love the titty pics though. And like everybody just says titty picks over and over again, which is really juvenile, but I laughed a lot it's during dumb, that scene. It's great. <laughs> it's mostly the father just keeps on saying titty picks yeah. over and yeah. over again. And like he, uh, it's revealed at the end of the movie. He really doesn't really care for what the son did. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, again, it's a really interesting idea of the parents not see. It's an idea of parents who see their children as a piece of them, which is, I'm going to say it. I don't care if people don't like this. I think that's really fucked up for people to do, quite frankly. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just like, I mean, I doubt parents that do this are listening to our podcast anyways, but like. I don't know, man. <laughs> Romania's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But like, I don't, it's just like when parents like can't see their child, their children as independent people is where a lot of issues like this arise. Cause like when. The children came back just because of circumstance. The father expected them to grow that right into what they used to do. Yeah, and, he even pissed off that they like didn't want to be involved. Even yeah, because like they had his big piece when they all came together was he was gonna he and the mom were gonna well it was supposed to be the daughter were gonna <laughs> hand out free chicken sandwich coupons. And he was going to rile up all the people who couldn't get the free chicken sandwiches because they were fake coupons. And his plan goes awry because it's, re- it's retail, basically. You, yeah. You yeah. Just give They're them. not paid enough. Like, it's just yeah. like, I guess these are real coupons then. Yeah. So, like, it's... Well, even What's like... my point with this? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it even goes to the point where, like, he walks up and he's like, I want a free chicken sandwich. It's like, okay, here you go, sir. And he's like... It's like, do I need a coupon or something? It's like, oh, oh yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I love that line too because it's like, yeah, they don't get, they don't care enough to deal with oh, this. Yeah, like, uh, every, it, they, it was established. Okay, it's free chicken sandwich day, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, employee didn't care, manager didn't care. The only person who cared was him because he wanted a big old outburst. He wanted people who get paid seven dollars an hour to get screamed at by people wanting free chicken. Right. And in the end, he is the only one who gets outraged. Yeah, yeah. And it's a. Uh, it's a really cool dramatic art. Dramatic irony? I don't know. I didn't study English long enough. To... <laughs> it's a really cool irony. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, I think in the end with it, um, I expected it to go a different way. But I think it, in a weird way for me, at least it kind of showed a, 
a way that Ark can go too far. And his way, like, that was going to be his big finale piece. And, like, his big finale piece was basically leaving his entire life behind, including his wife, because he has a new family now with kids and everything. And she just has to be okay with it because he says so. And in a weird way, he went too far because he just made a whole new family with a whole new, with a new woman and new kids that no one else knew about because it was for Ark's sake. Well, he, yeah. Well, he's clearly a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's, no, yeah. there's no if, ands, or but. He clearly has no... I, understanding of human emotion yeah. but uh the w- the way that i thought it was gonna go actually is that you know it was his real blood and like he smeared it all over his car as a way to you know make people think that he was dead and then he maybe accidentally cut too deep and accidentally or accidentally did kill himself for the sake of art but then his wife couldn't say anything because she had to keep it going for his sake that's the way that i thought it was gonna go and in a way in a way of showing an artist going too far for his big magnus opus magnum Magnum opus. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I think that's who I think it might. I don't think this movie would have could have done that, though, in my opinion. I think that kind of goes away from where I think this movie's trying to what it's trying to tell about. Like, because, again, it really dry is right. It is more a movie about the bond of family and how it can be corrupted, essentially, like how terrible some people are. And I think that's a really like beautiful idea of like the artist taking it too far but i don't think that's this movie maybe but that that's just how i personally interpret it like right, how, yeah, that's, that's how i thought the ending would have gone i wasn't i definitely wasn't shocked whenever i found out that he was still alive yeah though. i mean i'll say my my ending was they were just gonna actually be dead which is way less interesting so to, yeah. to like like the way- that also could have been taken of like you know art gone too far because it's just one of those they brought their children along the entire way everything and then at, at the end whenever something actually did happen no one believed them because of the whole cry wolf thing that they played their entire life yeah yeah that would have been a pretty good lesson on the crying wolf thing the way that i thought it was going to go at one point is when they found out that the dad had another family i thought it was going to be like they the parents both conjured this up and both pretended to be dead so that they could go and live their own life like when he was like she doesn't live here i thought it was gonna be like oh she has her own family also and like they just didn't love each other but couldn't like fess up to their kids is what I thought it was going to do. But it ended up just going into the whole, like, yeah, just a big, big con. And you guys have to deal with it and pretend that we're going to be dead. Uh, which I think for me is a really powerful part of the movie. That ending punch of like, the kids are like, fine, we'll pretend you're dead. You're dead to us then. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I got, I know I like many things. <laughs> I describe it in a way that does make me seem like harder on this movie. I think it is a really good ending. What we have because it does have that idea of like the death of a living person essentially yeah because that is really what it is like okay you're dead we are never going to think about you yeah yeah um another thing that this movie did just from like a directorial standpoint that I liked cuz Jason Bateman directed it and so he was able to put in little things of like hey sophomore slump but this was also his sophomore uh, film. And so, like, his character in the movie, like, everyone talks about how his second book, like, it was divisive and terrible, (laughs) and this was his second film. And (laughs) from what I can tell, people think it's divisive and I don't think anyone would think it was terrible. Do some people think it's terrible? I don't know, according to the critic, or the people. Yeah, uh, the Rotten Tomato score that I saw in there, it was an 83 by the critics, so critics love this movie. 
probably because of the way that it talks about art and like taking it too far and all the discussion we're having right now actually right it's probably one reason why <laughs> critics love it as much as they do because it brings a conversation piece forward but audiences not so much audience score was like a 43 i think is what it was Honestly, i think that's kind of fair because this isn't like i can't imagine going to a theater and seeing this movie oh i think i would have loved it i mean but that's just me i really like going to the theater no matter but what. like imagine like my family if oh, they no. went yeah exactly like <laughs> no your mom would come out being like that was dumb yeah, my dad wouldn't have cared. Yeah, this is definitely not like a people pleaser. Kind yeah, of like, so I understand, because uh, that is the thing about Rotten Tomatoes, is ultimately it is a conglomeration of all the people who see movies. Yeah, and I feel like this movie is made more or less for a niche audience, and Dry just happens to be that niche audience. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm going through a lot of these reviews, reviews from uh, people, and the ones who didn't like it seems to be nothing special, uh, story's dull, too slow, didn't understand character motivation, unbelievable, <laughs> um, uh, that's full really. of emptiness, performances are okay, and the movie was funny. Okay, wait, I have to read this real quick and full. Performances in the family thing are okay, and the movie tries to be some different, but overall, I didn't find the movie very funny, and I found it boring. This movie would have benefited from a stronger script and better pacing. It's a movie with a lot of little flaws and Definitely not up par with Jason Bateman's bad words. What? I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> they didn't like did they, it. Did they get drunk halfway <laughs> through the review? Does he have a movie called Bad Words? Maybe. Apparently. Also, this came out in 2016. Okay. Um, and then, like, go over to the critics. Um, the things may be odder family than most, but the damage they inflict is a matter of attitude. The Family Thing is far from the feel-good movie of the year, but it has purpose. There's a heartfelt give-and-take between Kidman and Bateman. The film suggests that life can easily be a series of performances with a genuine sting to Caleb's disdain when he's challenged by his own offspring. So yeah, this is maybe not a movie for the people. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I laughed a bit when someone said like there was no motivation, because that's hilarious to me, because every character has a ton of motivation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tons. <laughs> it's, it's their own personal motivation that uh, not everybody else is going to agree with in the movie, but it is a motivation. Yeah. Right, like, in the end, like, this movie isn't like a, we have to go get the bad guy, or, like, there's a clear goal to everything. It's just, the kids are hurt, and they're trying to figure out what their parents lied to them about everything. Yeah. Like, that's really it. <laughs> that reminds me, uh, I actually think the back of the box is not good. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. it's a good description at all. Yeah, because it really does just make it seem like a weird, goofy thing, doesn't it? Not even yeah. that. Like, it makes it seem like it's more like the rift between the brother and sister. Like, even, like, says, like, there's this big moment that caused everything. When it really isn't. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the moment is really just they both realized how shitty their parents are. Technically, that big moment was the Romeo and Juliet play, wherever right, they yeah. kind of did the, where they made a brother and sister kiss. Right. Actually, on... that part's fucked up. It is. But that's wherever that's technically that big moment that um, Anna realizes in the movie. Yeah, let's go into that a little bit, actually, because yeah. that's really fucked up and kind of a big part of the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, like, for that scene, what happens is um, it's Anna's senior year, and this is her big moment to play Juliet in Romeo and Juliet. But the character who's supposed to play Romeo, or yeah, the, the person who's supposed to play Romeo apparently got into a car wreck that night, and he can't play it. So they ask Baxter, who is, I guess, directing like st- it? or stage guy. Yeah, or some... like a stagehand of some kind. Someone who knows all of the lines. I yeah. think he's like the, the backup, but also the 
play director. It is a high school, so yeah, they like, probably yeah. have the yeah. headset that he has on and everything tells me that he's like helped produce it or he helped direct it or something. <laughs> he put he up did all the something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're technically our producers for high school plays. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but like he he's helping along with it. He's he's in the background for all of it. But they tell him like, or his sister saying like, "This is my big moment. Like, I need to be able to play or play this role." And they're like, Baxter, you need to play Romeo. But there's scenes where they kiss. And, well, somebody has to play it. And you know all the lines. And then I actually, like, it's really funny. The principal comes up and they're like, the teacher's like, listen, if he doesn't do it, then we have no Romeo and Juliet. It's like, if he does do it, we have incest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, he has to be Romeo. And first couple scenes, he, like, real is pretty coy about getting around it. But then someone's an asshole. So he has to just go whole ham yeah. for his sister's sake. Yeah. Well, it's because he's trying not to actually kiss his sister yeah, on stage. Yeah. And so everyone starts laughing at it, even though it's supposed to be a serious play. And she starts giving him a look like you're ruining this for me. And then, you know, we have a bunch of people who are like, oh, you're not willing to kiss your sister kind of thing on play, which is the asshole that's kind of going to yeah. him. Yeah. But also, um, no families are this into a high school play. Yeah, yeah. Like people are like cheering and laughing like, oh, what are you doing? Like. What's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. And I almost like, I, this would have ruined the movie because it would have totally fucked it. But I wish like no one cared. Like everyone was just like sitting there like bored. Right. Yeah. Like a real high school play. No <laughs> one gives a shit. But uh, sorry to all the high schoolers listening. No, no, nobody gives the, a shit. They all, know too. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the theater kids. I know how much you are really into it. And I know I need to see all those theater movies you tell me. But uh <laughs> But um, I, I was gonna say most of the high school plays I went to, like every now and then, you'd have laughs. But that's about it. That's whenever they're trying to be funny, usually. Yeah, like you get like some of the parents who are like, "Yeah, Billy, you red line." That sure is my kid reading up there. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm getting a bit off topic, but like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like this pivotal point because after they finish, uh, they go to that teacher, and she's like, "Yeah, um, I got fired for that." Because, you know, she went against what the principal said. Yeah. Right. Because the principal is like, do not put incest on our <laughs> high school play. Such an outrageous. How dare. I know. Yeah, how dare he indeed. <laughs> so she got fired. And as the, they went up to her, they were like, "What? wait, it wasn't your fault. We did it. And she was like, no, no, it's great. I loved being a part of this. And they're like, of what? And it's revealed that, yeah, the parents orchestrated this whole thing. There's a great line where, like, they're like, what about... What's his face? Sue got in the car accident. Like, yeah, your parents did that too. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, what? what? <laughs> and like, no, no, no. They just paid him. They just paid him. <laughs> they paid him $500 to say that he got into a car wreck. Which, man, that is a lot. I feel like you could have gave this guy like $20. Schooler, right. For a high schooler, <laughs> that's everything. <laughs> I know, but like, I'm just saying like, I don't know how much. No one cares that much. I feel like you could have gave him like $25. And yeah, like, probably. That's sick. Right. If somebody <laughs> paid me $25 in high school. To say that, like, not to go to an event and say that I got into a car wreck to somebody, I'd be like, okay, I'm going yeah. to Wendy's. I would have done it for free. Yeah, but, no, like, you could have gave me a chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he was so obsessed with the chicken sandwich. Oh, ring. whoa. <laughs> Full yeah, circle. But, but, yeah, and uh, I think an important thing this movie does, too, is, like, the brother asked if this was, like, her falling out point, and she said, no, I just went to college. And it's, like, this question of, like, is she lying to herself or does she really believe that? It wasn't that bad in that she just happened to fall out. And that's a neat little thing. But it's just so fucked up that, like, they're 
parents would put them in that situation to where they had to do that. Yeah, because like yeah. The, that's a sociopath, the <laughs> right? Yeah, all for the reaction. Which I, the only people who really knew that they were siblings seemed to have been the teacher, the principal, and the people in the play. Right. So, I, I don't. It seems like a not great plan. Yeah. Also, I even though in like the fake documentary within the movie says that like they just do all of this kind of stuff so they can get grants, but like. I what museum would just have like video bad VHS videos up for display? Well, I think it implied they had like a separate set of like fancy uh forget the word uh performance pieces that they do in galleries because they were saying like something with galleries. Oh. Yeah. So so but like they, they do, do like the, the sellout stuff, the boring stuff to, yeah. like, to make money. <laughs> the boring stuff where they probably shoot each other with with pistols, but yeah. everyone knows it's going to happen, so it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, this is their thing for fun. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, I guess a good example of something like that would be, um, in, in a weird turn of events, to uh, compare this to, would be, like, H.P. Lovecraft. Because there's not a whole lot of... Hold on, I'm getting there. Yeah, let him. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, <laughs> the reason I say that, though, is because, like, you know, everyone knows him for the short stories that he wrote and, like, all the horror things that he wrote Um, that made their way into magazines and made their way into short stories and their own novellas and books and everything like that are but there wasn't a whole lot of them but apparently there are hundreds like literally hundreds of Mm -hmm. letters that he wrote to people to try to sell his books and stuff like that and that's like what he mostly did compared to like mostly wrote letters to people yeah he there's like hundreds of letters that he wrote to people to like get to like you know kind of self-publish all of his work compared to what like so there's all the stuff that happened on the side which for this family would be the gallery pieces and there's what people know which be the performance art or the books that would, you know, that would be popular after his death kind of thing. Kind okay. of like these videos would kind of be documented uh, as something that was popular after their deaths or after their yeah, fake you get deaths. to see all of the child abuse throughout. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, you, okay, you actually did tie that back. I had no idea how you were going to bring <laughs> that's that up. That's what I was saying. Just like, just give me a minute. Yeah. Uh, it'll all make sense. This is going to be a you classic act like Robbie, Robbie Yeah, you act like sometimes Robbie just goes on a tangent. <laughs> me? Tangents? Never. Yeah. Anyway, that reminds me of this one time in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, it actually makes me wonder, like, they don't seem to distribute these tapes, though. Yeah, I think, like, well, they must, though, because they're, like, known for it. Right, well, like, It's because I mean, they do it in public, yeah. though, too. Right, I, yeah, that's true. Like, so, uh, like, it's one of those, like, someone would have a family story of, like, yeah, there's this one time I went to a skating rink and some dude that was holding a baby had flares tied to his back. Also, this stuff is in the movie. We're not, like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't, like, an over-exaggeration <laughs> of something. <laughs> Like, they have, like, because, like, there are a bunch of these, so certainly at a point, you would, like, understand, oh, this is, what's his face, and they're doing a piece. Yeah. Because, like, like, I don't know, it's just, I guess? Like, is that what performance art is, of, like, you just don't get to, like, see it ever again? Sometimes, like, that kind of is, yeah, um. Kind of like flash mobs, almost? Cause like they're they're meant to be temporary for the most part because it's like again in the moment and right. it, you don't like you can see videos of a performance art but it doesn't impact you in the same way like watching a movie in the theater is different than watching it at your house right like if you w- see a video of somebody getting shot with a crossbow it's way different than seeing somebody getting shot with a crossbow yeah yeah got it because like <laughs> there are, I can't say too much I I took like a class and they tell you about a lot of these like crazy ass art things. Huh. And, like, one that stuck out to me is there's this one artist who, for their art piece, they stood in a room, and there was just, like, laid out a bunch of random things, and she just stood naked in a room, 
and basically for one hour she let anyone do whatever. It's right. so, like people would like make her pick her nose and stuff, and then at a point someone like takes a razor blade and like starts cutting her, and then like a whole fight basically breaks out. Like you can't fucking do that, and they're like she said we could. I don't know. And then like. And it always ends when she moves because people get freaked the fuck out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it reminds me of that. And, like, that's something you can't, like, have again. It's true. Yeah. You can't, like, be, make that be your thing. Yeah. And, like, like I'm the person that stands around those people punch. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Because, like, like, I've actually seen a performance art piece in person once. Ooh. Yeah. I guess I'll tell the story. Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was for my music class. And, uh... My music teacher is like really into like modern art, where and it's hilarious because I saw her in both uh things I had to watch for that class. One was like the Four Seasons and like all the grandiose uh music stuff, Beethoven, all that. And then this one was just a shit show that was at the school's theater, and like I it's a shit show in the best way because watching it, I didn't know what I was getting into. And then when it started, like, it was people badly playing instruments. And, like, my teacher was a violinist, and she was playing the violin. And at one point, they all the violinists turned around their violin and started banging it with a, like, mallet. What? <laughs> and it was crazy. Yeah. And, like, it was such a crazy experience. And that's kind of what performance art is, is, like, the insanity of the moment. Oh. Huh. Okay. Which, I don't know if so, you're going to use that. But. Update. I don't like performance art. I think that's fair. Like, it's definitely not for everyone. And if you asked me, like, three years ago, I probably would have told you the same. But at a point, I was like, this is hilarious. Like, to me, like, the things, at at least as depicted in this film, Mm -hmm. that, like, they do, there is literally no difference from that and, like, jackass. Jackass. Like, I don't know if that means that jackass is actually really cool and highbrow. Or I wouldn't say it's highbrow, but I would definitely say it's art. Okay. It's definitely art, but like it's kind of one of those things like uh, the people who would defend the father in this case would be like, you know, people who did Jackass or the people who did like the Rad Boys or Artie Schaefer might because he did like the Amazing Racist stuff, which in a weird way was performance art. Amazing Racist? Yeah. Like uh, one of the pieces that he did is he actually went into black neighborhoods uh, dressed oh. as a clan with oh. a cross mm. asking for a can of gasoline at gas stations. And he got beat up. Yeah, he's actually been beat up a handful of times yeah, because of his... that's what should happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, that's the thing. It's undeniably fucked up what he did, but it, but he defined it as art, and that's how he got away yeah. with it, even though, like, he did actually well, get I mean, the shit kicked out of him. He didn't do anything illegal, so I feel no, like saying yeah. get, got away with it is a, like, questionable statement. He should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact someone hasn't beaten him to death is probably a miracle. Yeah, and, like, again, it's the question of, like, how far is art? Because, like, to me, that's just being racist. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but it seems weird. Who would, yeah, there's people who would argue with you, like, no, that's art. That well, like, that's the thing. thing. Like, coming, like, as I talked about how I kind of like modern art for the absurdity, it's hard to, like, be here and say, no, that's just racist and, like... What point is the point? Like, I think it's racist, but I've been told I'm PC, so maybe that's the <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, because there's people who have different... Uh, perspectives? Like, per, yeah, different perspectives on where that line is at, which is why, like, whenever I said earlier, I was like, is this art or is this assault? And then you said, the line's rather blurry on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it is, like, movie. that's kind of where it goes with that, is that the, counting on who you ask, that line is very blurry. Yeah, because, like... like 
there's a difference between getting someone's reactions by banging on trash cans as a form of art compared to, you know, doing something completely racist like that. Yeah. Or some of those crazy uh, YouTube pranks that you've seen or that people see wherever, like, they pretend to hang themselves in their our bedroom and have their parents walk in. Yeah, like, like I would say that's too far. That's not art I anymore. would say, like, but that's the thing. It counts on who you ask. I also agree that's too far, but there's people who would argue against that. Yeah, it it is, like, one of those things, like, I think a lot of it for me is, is, like, are other people at the expense of the art? Because, again, in this movie, for the most part, no one's really, like, the butt of the joke, other than the, the family. Like, I think I towards the, the later stuff, like, the chicken one, that's fucked up, because their plan was to fuck up some... Right person who's not paid enough to deal with that 20 year old girl who doesn't give a fuck and yeah just pay like nine dollars an hour yeah <laughs> like some of the kids pieces no one really gets hurt it's just stupid <laughs> yeah that's true it's just like weird pranks because like the bank one's like bordering illegal i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> but like there's one where like someone's buried in the sand and like that's fucked up to do but it's not really harmful to anyone right and there's like a line in there too like oh i remember this one i nearly uh, ran out of oxygen or something like that. Like, I couldn't breathe. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're saying because you, uh, the dad was trying to tell her that she didn't flail enough, therefore, and that's why she almost ran out of oxygen is because she wasn't dramatic enough with the, or with the art of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, the dad's a sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He's an awful human like, being. Like, he, he was the, per- he, or uh, the dad would be the person to justify all these other crazy pranks that I yeah. was talking about earlier that other people would be like, no, it's a, it's a form of art. Well, okay, the dad shot someone with a crossbow, so yeah. we know where he's. <laughs> yeah, we know he doesn't have a line. Yeah. <laughs> so, like. Well, apparently his line is on the other direction. His line is saying that things like paintings and drawings and, um, photography. Right. And, uh performances those are not art in his appearance like yeah. uh, that's where art goes to die in his right. in his mind because and uh, yeah because that's the thing that dad says is like once you like sterile sterilize sterilize it sterilize art it stops being art essentially because like when it's it's pr- shown that basically the professor was like one of the catalysts for the father because mm-hmm. the pro- apparently the father once saw someone who got shot in the arm with a pistol inside a gallery and the professor was like, no, that's not art, because that was sterile. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so he, of course, shot the professor with a crossbow. <laughs> and I find it funny, because, like, the professor seemed to have mellowed down after all of this. Right, like, whenever the kids go to talk to him, they're like, hey, do you know where our parents are? You must be involved with this, right? He's like, no, no, we had a falling out. By the way, uh, I watched all your movies. They're really fun and great. And he's like, oh, and I read your books. They're great. Well... Your first book's good. Your second book, yeah. uh... <laughs> So, lesson learned, never write a second book. Skip straight to the third. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to part it, three. It's either that, uh, write a really good book for your first book, don't give a shit about the second book, and then write your magnum opus for your third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. But, yeah, like, and... Actually, something kind of interesting, like, The Falling Out was shown to have been the documentary that we've been watching the whole movie. Right, yeah, because the... Uh, the wife or the mom, whatever you want to call her at this point, I guess, um, she didn't want to have in the documentary that the father didn't love the kids, basically. Yeah. is more or less what he's admitted to. He's like, I don't want that in there. He's like, well, it has to be in there. It's true. That's art. That's what it is. Like, I don't want it. If that's going to be in there, I don't want to be involved. And so they weren't involved anymore because yeah. he wanted that in there. Because that, yeah, that's an interesting, because it's cool watching the movie because that's the point the documentary stopped. Yeah, yeah. So it's, implied that yeah um 
I didn't get to do anything after that because they hated me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really... And actually, that's a cool scene too because that's really like the one time the mom stop, like puts her foot down. Yeah, for when the kids of saying like, you can't just go out there and say you don't like our kids. Which is one of those other things like at the end of the movie whenever it coalesces into everybody getting together and meeting each other. Mm-hmm. She makes a point to be like, just once a year, you guys come down and you visit us and that's, that's what that's going to be. And like, no matter what, you can't just let this get out. I don't know, it's weird. Like, because she, she clearly loves her kids, but she doesn't know how to distance herself from between <clears throat> this art project of theirs and what's going to be their, and like their the family husband, life. Yeah, well, the husband clearly doesn't like care about her anymore. He, he literally has another family. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, that's a big thing is like, she, she's abused, basically, yeah, emotionally, yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't, maybe physically, who knows? Um, <laughs> But, like, she can't, because this really is, it isn't about the art piece at this point. It's about the family. It isn't that she can't, she can't let her kids get in the way of the art piece. She can't let her kids get in the way of her love for her husband. And the movie makes it clear the husband doesn't reciprocate. And Mm -hmm. it's terrible. Yeah, because, like, she just has to live alone forever now for quote-unquote art. Yeah, like, she has so like she fun. has a neighborhood yeah. of people that she apparently gets along with, but yeah, it's like it's fucked. It's, it, yeah, it's all like I said, it kind of in a weird way, it's actually more fucked up than what I was talking about earlier. If like the dad died right. trying to create this art piece and showing where the art went too far, because in a weird way, this goes even further. Yeah, this is literally him just abandoning everybody that he's his entire life that he's been there for, his kids and his wife, and being like, well. For the art, I have to go have this other family and leave you all behind. It almost seems like the dad is was cheating on the mom and then needed to find a way to make her okay with it. Honestly, it does come across that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like I said, just makes the whole thing weirdly even more fucked up. Yeah. And, again, the movie makes a point of this is terrible. Because I think that's important. Because some movies forget to do that. I'm going to say <laughs> yes they do they like <laughs> yeah. they just like, do the thing and then it en- ends but this very clearly says like he's not a good person here yeah, right this like, entire scene leaves a very bad taste in your mouth yeah and i think something actually kind of really good about this scene is uh so like the main thing is the f- children have like a video recording that the dad like cut himself to put blood everywhere and they're like we're going to show this there's like why shouldn't we do this and like they do basically the flimsy excuses, and the kids are like, "All right, fine, you're dead to us." And as they're walking away, the father doesn't want to let let it stand on that. He's already won, but he still needs like this to keep going, and he keeps digging himself down and down in this hole because he's like, "Yeah, I learned to love you guys," and it's like, it's fucked up. Like, <laughs> there's not much really else to say about that. Like, he's just there trying to explain how he's actually a good guy, even though everything points to he's the worst. It's, I'm a good guy, but I did this bad thing for a reason, so you have to understand it. Yeah, and it's like... Like, you don't have to like the fact that I did this bad thing, but I did it for a good reason. Yeah, Like, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Fuck you, then. Yeah, it's the it's the justification of a shitty parent. Yeah. Is really what it boils down to. Yeah, honestly. Um, And I was just looking it up. There's no information on what this movie cost to make. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't find how much it cost to make this movie. I did find like, I found two different uh, things on how much it made in the theater. Yeah, I found what it made in the theater and what's made in the uh, home market as well. Okay, that might and have been the two that I found. Even <laughs> if this movie cost 
a million dollars. A million dollars, <laughs> it didn't make its money back. Oh, no, man. not even close. So, yeah. Um, and all of its box office earnings worldwide, it made $604,000. <laughs> oh, my God. I might have found the domestic on that then because, I, like, whenever I was looking up to see where to find this movie, uh, in, in the Google search, it said this movie made, like, $250,000. 262 domestic. Yeah, and I was going to yeah. say, I'm guessing it was just domestic. Uh, and then the home market... Five dollars, eighteen dollars today. <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be really great. Uh, DVD sales, one hundred fifty-seven thousand. Blu-ray, twenty thousand. Which also, says to me they just didn't make many Blu-rays. Probably. Which, seeing how it did in the box, yeah, office, I, I, guess I don't know, them. like what company would have actually like, sold. Like, we don't have any money to for to. Yeah, we don't have any money from the box office to give you guys for Blu-rays. But you know, can you make them anyways? Right. It was just. It was just like <laughs> for the a, sake of art. <laughs> it was just a favor from a friend. Yeah. So, uh, worldwide, or well, I guess not worldwide, but uh, video sales, uh, in total, one hundred seventy-eight thousand. So, even yeah. if you take the home market, which should be way more money. And the box office together, it didn't even make. If we're being extremely generous, that Jason Bateman called in every favor he had and paid almost nobody, and this movie had a mil- one million dollar budget, he still didn't make that money back. I mean, technically, if it had a five hundred thousand dollar budget, it probably still didn't make its money back. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> it would need like a hundred thousand dollars of a budget to actually. But the fact make that money. it has A-listed actors in it, I'm guessing it cost probably close to a million dollars at least to make this movie it probably cost something around five or six i would say depends how depends if christopher walken just really wanted to just play this part <laughs> yeah yeah well i think christopher walken because he made a lot of money in like this between the 70s and the 90s like a lot of money because he played in some very big budget movies but much mm-hmm. like robert de niro in his later years he just seems to make movies that he wants to make like in a weird way that's like a parody of characters he used to play yeah, he kind of, they kind of, him and De Niro both kind of just make kids for their grandchildren for the most part. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing is, like, Robert De Niro, he very much just plays, like, a parody of characters he used to play back in the day. Yeah. Kind of the same for Christopher Walken. Every now and then he'll play in, like, a dramatic role. But for both of those guys, it seems like they just, they star in movies that they e- either they're going to find the process of making that movie fun or it's, like, a weird par- parody of yeah. what they used to do. But then, like. Whenever they do decide to do something dramatic again, you're like, oh, yeah, that's why these guys are as big as they are, because they're really fucking good at this. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think, weirdly enough, I think one of the introductions I actually had to Robert De Niro might have been Meet the Parents. Me too, actually. Yeah. yeah. What was mine? <laughs> uh, I think it might have been Reindeer Game. What? Reindeer Game? Wait, what is it called? Deer Hunter? Deer Game? Oh, Deer, Hunt- <laughs> Deer Hunter Games? Reindeer Games? <laughs> That's a different movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's actually a movie. Okay, I'll give you half a point. Deer Hunter, yeah. Uh, for both of them, I think this okay. was your introduction. They're both in that movie. You never showed me anything before that? Maybe. Well, uh, I know Christopher Walken. You saw him in Pulp Fiction. He's the guy that does the watch monologue in the beginning. Mm. For De Niro, I don't think I've shown you much of his stuff, actually. Okay. Uh, we'll probably get to a lot of his stuff, because a lot of his Maybe. stuff is early in his career, like 70s through the 90s, that I think is like his big respectable work. Uh, the rest of it's like a lot of weird comedies he does, honestly. Fair enough. That's kind of the role he fell into. I'm trying to think of the name of the director. Huge director in the world of Hollywood. Uh, Robert De Niro is like basically his golden child back during those times. Um, Chris for Walken. No. <laughs> Just look up some De Niro movies. Find him, Robbie. Martin Scorsese. Okay. Yeah, uh, like, how uh, many Scorsese films has he been in, though? Quite a bit, I think. Goodfellas, Irishman, Taxi Driver, uh, 
Raging Bull, Casino, Mean Streets, uh, Cape Fear, After Hours. I think I'm just realizing that Scorsese did way more than I thought. Yeah, he's done a lot. <laughs> I'm not even like naming all the movies. I'm just naming ones that are uh, he's been in. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But yeah, because I remember girl. hearing that that I guess to kind of sum it all together. Because I remember uh, reading, not reading. I remember hearing a thing not too long ago about how Robert De Niro is kind of like the golden child of Martin Scorsese and how um, the next one in line was supposed to be uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And so there's actually been a, quite a few movies that Leonardo DiCaprio was in that was done by Martin Scorsese, too, because, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese basically got a lot of the o- our Oscar nominations for Robert De Niro that he got early in his career. And he was thinking like, yeah, I can do the same thing with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. But like it took forever for him to actually get a oscar because like the whole idea of him getting his oscar is like we we need to make him suffer enough for his art to actually get an award for it kind of actually because like yeah. i haven't seen revenant uh i'd like to see it in 4k that'd be really good i, uh, I, I have it in 4K, blu-ray sorry. i don't i don't have it in 4k but i do have it on blu-ray and it does look really good on blu-ray they destroyed the one 4k maker so they can't no <laughs> it doesn't matter that it was ri- or it doesn't matter that it was filmed on 70 millimeter but yeah uh, he was so good in so many movies for so long. Like, even Titanic. Uh, was that him? That one. He was in there. Okay. He's in a lot, a lot of movies. But like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like The Revenant was almost just like, okay, he fucking he he cried in front of us for like an hour and a half. We have to give him something now. <laughs> he cried in front of us for an hour and a half. Uh, we made him wear fifty pounds of bear pelt. Or in the or in, I think Wisconsin winter. <laughs> Uh, we made him like, and then we, during the middle of the winter, we threw him in a river. We made him sleep in a dead horse at one point in time. Like he did, he did a lot of fucked yeah, up things I for just, that movie. We like, owe him this. <laughs> I just remember it was just a meme for a long time that he's just not allowed to have any Oscars despite <laughs> having like Oscar nominated movies constantly. Yeah, yeah. Constantly. Well, like a good example of that though, with Martin Scorsese films that um had Leonardo DiCaprio in it is like the Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, Shutter Island, Gangs of New York, The Aviator. Going down to other movies. Watch Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. That's what I'm thinking of. No, oh, is that's that? Tarantino. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Some other movies way too made early way... for Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. <laughs> Some movies are made way, way, way oh, earlier. Brad Pitt is <laughs> No, so, yeah. who is it? Yeah, he did like a bunch of those movies with like Leonardo DiCaprio, which were all really good movies, and some of them he was nominated for, but he never won. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we've kind of, we're, we're at the end of the rope on this one. Probably. I say let's get to some final thoughts here. On our one-year anniversary episode. Yep. Which we did a movie we- that's so dear to all of us. <laughs> I, one that none of us have seen. One that none of us have seen, but in a weird way, kind of hit all of us in a different way, because I think all of us have our own art. Like, Dry does his writing, he does his art, and, like, his video game. <laughs> his art. I don't want to call it drawing, because that, that's selling just, you short, dude. Because <laughs> he, he does, does like, his art. Well, he do, I was going to say he does his art, like, his digital art and his drawings and his paintings and everything like that, and I do my music stuff. Yeah. And so, like, we all have our own forms of art, so I think in a weird way, it kind of hit all of us differently to see this, too, especially, like, watching a guy who's basically a sociopath telling us that all of us are wrong because all of our art is too sterile. Yeah. Yeah, and now, thanks to this movie, I know that every Wednesday when I go to the courthouse and masturbate on the windows, it's art, yeah. not public nudity. It, it's one thing that I wanted to say about this movie is, like, in a weird way, it's trying to say, like, the Mona Lisa is crap. Like, the only way that that would be good art is if you had a pink dildo flying through the middle of it and blood and semen flew on the crowd. <laughs> that would be art. <laughs> I do want to say, it's actually a common, uh, quote-unquote, trope. I don't know what's called in real life, if it's a real-life thing, but, like... 
Visiting the Mona Lisa is actually kind of disappointing because you get there and it's this small painting you can barely see. You're just surrounded by a bunch of people and you're just looking at it. It's like, there it is. All right. Yeah, I'll move on I to the next th- Yeah, I think the whole idea of the Mona Lisa is it's considered to be like one of the greatest in the world because art critics say so. But uh, also because of how long ago it was painted, like one day it's just going to fade from existence because like uh, the veneer of it and everything and it being exposed to air eventually it's going to degrade into nothing. And so people keep on taking pictures of it to try to, you know, in a weird way, preserve it through other mediums of art, whether it be photography or people doing other like um, doing um, recreations. Yep. Not recreation. Recreations. Uh, recreations yeah. Kind of. What, what was the difference from what I said in that? Recreation is like what you do for fun. You like recreational sports. <laughs> you don't do recreation. Or I guess you could do recreational painting, but you can't do recreational sports. That's what I said. <laughs> it's the same word. What? No, it, yo, this is the English language. It is not the same <laughs> word. Oh my god. Whatever. Go ahead. But yeah, like uh, I think the whole idea of it is it was done by a very famous artist, and, mm-hmm. and one day it's going to kind of fade from existence because it's just going to degrade with time like everything else does and so people are trying to it's for i guess for some people especially within the art world it's kind of that line of like you can see pictures of the grand canyon or you can see it for yourself even though seeing a picture on the computer like i guess in my opinion seeing a picture of it on the computer and then seeing it in real life there wouldn't be like that huge of a difference between the two of them that's a pretty big difference a big hole Ice cream is pretty good. Yeah, at, were you talking about the Grand Canyon or the Mona Lisa? The Mona Lisa. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I, that was like, uh, yeah, I was like, but yeah. eventually, where the Mona Lisa stands, there's just going to be a big hole there. Eventually. Yeah, well, yeah, nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's actually the, that was, it's, the Mona Lisa is actually a performance piece. He said it so after two thousand years, it starts a black hole. Actually, and it just oh, starts sucking. Man, what a genius! I know he really was ahead of his time. <laughs> Anyway, let's get on to our final <laughs> thoughts here. Uh, e, let's start with you. All right. Um, again, from an artist's perspective, there's a lot of really interesting things that this movie does. From a movie perspective, <laughs> a little iffy. Um, there's no vampires. That's a terrible yeah. thing. But there is a one thing where they do a public performance where they all have vampire teeth in and they let blood spew out of their mouth. Did they have vampire teeth? I thought they yeah. just yeah. fat blood. <laughs> yeah, they have vampire teeth. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, if you call your movie The Family Fang... Give them some fangs. Make them vampires. Make them werewolves. Do something. For more than two seconds. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Other than that stupid nitpick. Uh, <laughs> like, it is, it's really interesting from an art perspective, and I, I do agree with Robbie with what he said at the start. It's, it is a conversation piece. I think there's a lot to say about uh, the way that family, that parents treat their children, The what is art. There's a lot of that in this movie, and... It's one of the it's a question that you can ask many movies like this. What is intentional and what isn't in regards to these big lingering questions? Like I, I'm I mean the family stuff's probably all intentional, but like regarding the art specifically. <laughs> like what's intentional, what isn't? And it's it's neat. Like, I don't regret watching this movie. And this is in the list of many movies I'll never have a desire to watch again. It was a fun. Ninety nine percent of the movies we watched yeah. this year. It was a it was a good experience, and I'm gonna say this is gonna probably seem high for my don't like lingering on a pass. I I'd probably give it like a, an eight. That is way higher than I thought you were gonna give it. I don't understand you. <laughs> I'll never watch Enigma. it again. 
Uh, I guess it's a good conversation piece. Don't really like the movie that much. Eight. <laughs> I, did, I did not say I don't like this movie. There are parts I don't like. You hated this movie, Eaton. <laughs> <laughs> when it ended, you literally took it out of the player and broke it in half. <laughs> Listen, you said you didn't like DVDs. You, <laughs> you stomped on it like my Family Guy DVD. <laughs> Another great episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that episode. I hate that it, I was so... That it got popular when it... <laughs> Very different from how I usually am on these episodes, I feel. It's like a 35-minute episode and 20 minutes of it is you just yelling at you. It is. It's fucking stupid. I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the audience loves. It's performance art. I hate it. We need to yell at each other more. No. (laughs) God damn it. Yell more. (laughs) Do it. Do it right now. Uh, Anyhow, next in line is the Robbie. How's your opinion, movies? On movies in general, it's fine. (laughs) This movie had a disturbing lack of werewolves. I was totally unimpressed. (laughs) Well, Robbie, there was a scene where they had the fangs in the iconic werewolf thing where they start bleeding out their mouths. Yeah, yeah, like werewolves. (laughs) Everybody know that werewolves menstruate through their mouth. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I can't follow you on this path, Robbie. All right, that will do it for this episode. Uh, If you guys want to get a hold of us... No, so I'm kind of in the same realm as E with this. Like, it is, like I said, it's a good conversation piece on, you know, art and whether performance art or as he would call it, stale art and what's a line between them and like what's too far and what's not far enough and what, like, whether something like a painting or a photograph or uh, a piece of music uh, in a studio would be considered to be art compared to, you know, performance art. Like I said, a pink dildo flying through the. <laughs> Mona Lisa. <laughs> it kind of does, like, in a weird way, it asks that question, like, you know, what's is and isn't art? And then it also does the same thing with, like, the family dynamic of, like, what when do they take it too far? Family. And, like, also just kind of, like, something that the dad does touch on, which a lot of people use to justify their shitty behavior, too, of just, like, uh, like, oh, like, my parents fucked me up in their own special way, and I fucked you up in your own special way. Whenever you have kids, you're going to fuck them up in your own special way. It's inevitable. Cycle of abuse. Yeah. And kind of using it as a way to justify his cycle of abuse in it. And like like I said, in a weird way, and it was mostly because of the father, too. Like, Christopher Walken did a great job with this movie, but he does play pretentious bastard in the movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it's one of those, they purposefully do it. This movie purposefully frustrates you sometimes, too. And um, in a, some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad. Uh, there are a lot of good things. There's a lot of really funny moments in this movie. There's a lot of touching moments in this movie. Especially between like uh, Nicole Kidman and Jason Bateman, like there's sometimes yeah, like, like the Romeo and Juliet scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> Tongue was a little bit much, but you know. <laughs> um, it's one of those things. Like I wasn't sure if I liked Nicole Kidman's uh, acting style in this movie, and then I kind of realized that she was a dramatic teenager, kind of speaking out against her parents for the first time in her forty some years of life. Kind of thing, and it kind of like the more I saw it, the more I kind of enjoyed her performance with it too. I think on a second viewing, I may like it more, but who knows? Kind of thing. But as of right now, this is weirdly enough uh, an obscure little art piece that we did watch, and I'm kind of glad that we got to watch it for that reason. But at the same time, for everything that it does right and everything that's great about it, there's also boring moments and moments that feel almost unnecessary. Like I don't know if I would call them unnecessary because of the art of it and everything. But like I said, it is a conversation starter, but I think you need more than just a conversation starter to keep the movie going, too. So, like I said, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. It's not bad. It's definitely worth a watch. But 
for me personally, it is a mixed bag. So, but it's a good mixed bag. I'd say it's a, a seven out of ten. Like it for. There are pieces that are worth watching in this movie. Okay, all right. As for me, I really honestly did love this movie. Uh, again, less for, I think, from your guys' perspective on the art part. Like, that really was just like a, a B-plot for me, even though it kind of did drive the movie and drive uh, the emotions to where everything ended up going. For me, it really was just kind of like dealing with the emotions you have with parents and like learning when, when, the, when the right time is to let go and move on with your own life because I myself personally have been struggling that with with that a lot this year and like finally standing up to my parents and being like hey no like you can't just be the shitty person or say the shitty thing and like keep nothing happening to you like you can't just keep continuing to be this awful shitty person and just nothing and so like me personally which I it probably does have a lot to do with where I am in my life right now uh why it why I liked it so much and why it hit me yeah and I guess that's one thing fair to say is like, I guess all three of us have dysfunctional families. They're just dysfunctional on different levels. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. So like when they're like, Hey, like all we have to do is just pretend you don't exist. Then okay, fine. Uh, Cause that's kind of, yeah. kind of where I am too. But yeah. I, I really did really did like this movie. I loved the performances in it. Um, everybody just felt kind of, perfect there there's there's a point in it to where i forgot i was watching actors and more fell into that it's just it's a character yeah and like i said i did kind of struggle with the performances at first but the more i watched this movie the more it felt real yeah yeah um i do disagree with you robbie that there are boring bits in it uh i was kind of enthralled through the whole thing and and into it the whole time uh one thing that i think we've we've brought up a bunch of jokes in it but this movie is extremely funny actually it has an incredibly dark sense of humor for sure yeah but it lets you know that from the very beginning. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't hide that. It wears that on its sleeve. It's very dry humor, but it's it's really good. It's it's fun. It's uh, again, yeah, a really weird small movie that stars and is directed by Jason Bateman, and somehow nobody has heard about apparently. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that uh, we stumbled onto this thing. Yeah, I mean, a good example of something like that too is because like one movie that me and Dry knew a lot about growing up because we have friends who are completely obsessed about it were like the boondock saints movies that movie did even worse than this movie whenever it first came out and so like i don't know it's cool to kind of see little obscure pieces of art like that too yeah i think this one will end up aging pretty well honestly i think i think if if people kind of figure out this exists yeah then it could very much become a cult classic yeah all a matter of perspective as the movie yeah and that's kind of the whole idea of that movie is that entire movie is just a through the perspective. So I think through each character perspective, you're going to get different perspectives for different audiences too, which is why I think there's such a huge difference between the critic and the audience on this too. Yeah. Um, which I guess I fall more on the critic side on this one. Uh, I really did love and adore this movie. I love the little in jokes about it being uh, in the movie Bateman's sophomore slump of a book. And this is uh, honestly, it turns out to be his sophomore slump of a film financially, at least. And uh, according to fans or our audience members, and I fall more on the critic side on this one. It's it's really good. I loved it. It's uh, a nine. I really did like it a lot. We will say it is not your average audience's movie, though. Yeah. We watched many of those on this movie. Like, yeah. a movie me and Jiraiya both gave a 10 of It's Such a Beautiful Day is not a movie I don't that would go well in theaters at all. Yeah, true. 
I think I think all of us did enjoy that movie though. Yeah. Which I think I surprised I think you, you a little bit. You just gave it with a that. nine. I did give. I, yeah. I gave it an eight point five, or I gave it a nine. Yeah. I can't Not remember, to but, say that's a bad thing, because yeah. well, <laughs> I think E was surprised about that though, because I kept on saying I don't know if I could recommend that movie to people, but that's because like this movie, it is kind of a niche look or a niche look at a subject. But nevertheless, if people are interested in watching this movie, there are a ton of places you can rent or buy it digitally from, or if you're unsure but curious about it like i said you can watch it on tubi for free as long as you don't mind the ads yeah and of course some people like to sail the seven seas so if that floats your boat feel free i suppose not gonna say anything positive or negative <laughs> about that i mean some people would like that i don't know if it's for everybody yeah. but <laughs> he just he just did a boat no sail the seven seas float your boat oh did i actually i didn't actually <laughs> you literally just said that i didn't intend to do that <laughs> I just use Fulcher a lot. <laughs> but that is this episode. Um, very interesting movie to choose for our one-year anniversary, as yeah. we have stated at the start, and I don't think it's have else again. Yeah. Um, I think um, before we get into the email and our sign-offs and stuff, one thing I do want to say is we have one normal episode we're doing this year. One more. Uh, coming out on Thanksgiving Day. Star Wars Revenge of the Turkeys. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Episode 10. Oh, um. Is there actually an episode 10? No. no. Oh, okay. Wait. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Watch, watching it, like, revealed the week that this comes out. That would be really funny, actually. <laughs> but it's not a Thanksgiving movie necessarily, but it is extremely family-based, and it makes me at least think about Thanksgiving a lot. Uh, so that's the movie that we're going to be doing next, and that's going to be coming out Thanksgiving Day. And then uh, I'm going to say we're going to be doing all of our end of the year stuff that's going to be coming out after that. I, I don't want to hype it up a ton, but I'm very excited about it. You only it. talk about it every time. Yeah, yeah, I only talk about it every time for the last like six episodes. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be normal episodes. It's not going to be us talking about movies. It's going to be about the year and in total. And uh, we're going to have a couple different ways that we're going to be doing that. I think the people that are going to be involved are going to be me, E, Robbie, and Rocky. We've been in the most episodes of everything. Right. And we're going to have a few videos like that, and then we're going to have a Christmas special that's going to be coming out that I don't want to say exactly what it is yet, but it's going to be real dumb. Yeah, so they're, uh, we're going to hopefully keep the content stream going, but they're not going to be, after Thanksgiving, normal episodes for about a month. And then when the new year hits, we have another really special thing that's going to be happening that if you've been listening to this show, you should 100% know exactly what it is. <laughs> Um, no spoilers, but it is the greatest movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, E. Hi. If people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We have a Twitter and a Facebook, The Last Ones In and The Last Ones In Podcast. Uh, we have an email, The Last Ones In Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is The Last Ones In Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your art. Yeah, do yeah. that. That'd be cool. Uh, I'm okay with that. Don't do like weird experimental stuff. Don't shoot people with crossbows, though. I don't want to see that. Do not send us an email that shoots us with a crossbow. That would be very rude. That would be extremely rude. <laughs> and, uh, Robbie, send us out of here. So, since this was done in, in advance, uh, this is probably going to be post uh, the, elec- uh, the election and everything, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the entire world is watching right now. And I can't say for sure what's going to happen. It seems like everything is very much in the air about it right now. But I can say at least I hope 
for the best when it comes to that. I don't know if there will still be protests after that because I feel like some of that stuff may die down, but who knows. Chances are we will still be in a pandemic, and I will say to make sure that if you're going out to wear a mask, wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. And if not, make sure to stay home, stay alone, stay alive. And uh, I guess for a weird little way to end it, since this is our one-year episode, whether this is the very first episode that you've watched of ours or whether you've been following us since the very beginning, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank I, you. I really appreciate it. It's It's been a really fun year, actually. Yeah. This is, it's been extremely stressful some week. <laughs> um, and I've definitely lost my cool behind the scenes a lot. Yeah. But it's been. Yeah, there's a, I have a lot of bruises from some of the yeah, episodes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's been honestly extremely fun. And just even when we were starting off, just learning the process of even how to fucking make this thing work. <laughs> right. Was insane. Because we've said it before, but. I personally went in with zero knowledge of how any of this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We had one microphone. Yeah, we had one microphone that moved to two for a couple episodes. Too long, really. <laughs> <laughs> and then we eventually got three pretty early on. And even then, it took us a while to kind of figure out the flow of everything. Halfway through the year, we changed formats, which helped the show a lot, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. It and took a lot of the stress out of doing these episodes. Yeah, it did. It made it much more fun, more free flow. Um, but yeah, it's been just a hell of a ride and really, really fun and exciting. And I'm really, really excited to do the end of the year stuff. Cause we got to take a look at all of that. And, uh, I'm excited for next year. Yeah. But, uh, E, thank you. Yeah. Robbie, thank you for this entire year. Both of you. Yeah. And, uh, thank Thanks you guys. for having us along for the ride. Yeah. And, uh, thank you guys out there for listening. This has been tons and tons of fun. We'll talk to you again next week with another movie. Great stuff. Thank you for listening. See ya. Later. Austin. Fuck. <laughs> Something, darling, darling, I look at all the lonely people. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Eleanor. Yeah, here's here's a better audio sample for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and me too. Yeah, I'm not screaming in the mic now. I look a little low, actually. That's interesting. How about you, Robbie? I don't know how I look. You Tired, also apparently? look a little low. Physically, you don't look like a good man. Well, that's quite a rude, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>